From Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is a special Mother's Day edition of Crosswalk. Your parents are not perfect, and hopefully they are godly enough to admit it when they make a mistake. But they have your very best interests at heart. If you started a list of all of the people that have been an influence in your life, you might come up with a pretty extensive list. The names might vary for each of us, but almost all of us would have one name that would be the same. Mom. Today is Mother's Day. It's about honoring mothers. And I'm telling you right here now, boys and girls, the greatest way you will ever honor your mother or your father is to place yourself under their authority and do what they ask you to do with your life. Hello and welcome to a special Mother's Day edition of Crosswalk. Today we're taking the opportunity to teach children a valuable lesson about obeying their parents. Pastor Clay is going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, a passage that instructs children on their relationship with their mom and dad. And as Pastor Clay is going to explain, there is no greater way to honor your mother and father than to obey them. Now here's Pastor Clay. Hey, it is Mother's Day, and um, and so I was thinking, you know, what's a way that we could honor uh, our moms, whether they're here with us today or not here with us? What's a way to just the idea of Mother's Day and honoring mothers? And so I thought hey, I know, this is a great idea. We could have all the kids come up here on the platform and I can ask them questions about their moms. So kids, y'all make your way up here to the uh, platform, if you will. Thanks, guys, come on up. We just want to ask you a few questions, you know, about your moms and what makes your moms uh, special and that sort of thing. So thank you guys for coming up. Come on down, guys, come on down. Uh, sit right anywhere down here, and I'll, I'll have the microphone, and, I, and I'll ask a question. And anybody that wants to answer the question, you know, you can just kind of raise your hand, and I'll bring the microphone over to you. Is that okay? Come on. Good job, guys. All right. Uh, welcome to Kids Say the Darndest Thing, the unedited version. <laughs> this is live, folks. This is live. <laughs> y'all ready? All right. Yeah, I just wrote a few questions, and maybe y'all think of a more clever question than I, than I could. So if you do, if you want to shout it out. Maybe we'll get to it. But I did come up with a few questions, so I wanted to bring the first one up. How does your mom, here's the first question, how does your mom show you that she loves you? So how does your mom show you that she loves you? Yes, ma'am. She, like, gives me a hug. Gives you a hug. That is so nice. What a great mom does that. Yes. Um, my mom says she loves me and gives me a kiss. Awesome. That's so nice. Anybody else? Everybody doesn't have to answer, but anybody, anybody else? Connor's laughing at what this might come out. Who knows? No, no. Do we know? Okay, good job. That's, that's awesome. Okay. All right, so, so that's how your mom shows you that she loves you. So she says she loves you, she hugs you, she gives you kisses, stuff like that, right? Oh, Emery, you wanting to, to say something? Mommy plays with me. She plays with you. Okay, that's nice. That's very nice. Okay, well, how about another question? Yeah, yes. Yes? Oh, what about you? Okay. My mom and dad sings me songs, and they sing to me all about it. They sing you songs all about it. All right, awesome. Good. Um, uh, so, what's your second question? Uh, what is something your mommy always says to you? So, does mommy have like a favorite phrase or something that she always says to you? Yes, ma'am. That, if you can have your, when, when, she can also ask you about your birthday. 
She asks you about your birthday. That's something she says to you about maybe what you want for your birthday or what kind of cake or something like that. Yes. Do good at school. Do good at school. Moms say that, especially teachers who are moms, right? They say, do good at school. Um, what is something mommies always say to you? You got something? My mommy gave me a kiss and gave me a hug. That's awesome, isn't it? Nothing like those mommy kisses and hugs. Okay, wait a minute. Let's go get some ladies we haven't gotten yet. She says I'm her girl one. You're, you're her girl? One. You're her girl one. That's nice. That's like a little thing between you. She's your girl one. She says good job. Good job. Yeah. Does she give you a high five or knuckles or something like that when she does that too? See, right? Mom's good. All right. All right. I know you all got lots of answers, but I got a few more questions. So let's move on. Maybe you'll be ready for the next question. What makes mommy happy? What makes mommy happy? When I say something funny. When you say something funny. Awesome. Giving her um, dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Yeah. 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 Connor. Okay. Giving her a kiss. Giving her a kiss. Nothing like getting a kiss, right? Eating my food well. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Giving her a hug. Giving her a hug. Mommy's like that. Playing with my sisters. Playing nicely with your sisters, right? They always that. They love that. Okay, Aiden, you got one other. Being good. Being good. Yeah, yeah. Mommy, that makes mommy happy. All right. Let's see. I don't know. I'm have some of these questions. Uh, let's go to. What is your mom's favorite thing to do? What is your mom's favorite thing to do? Anybody? Cook? That's your mom's favorite thing to do? That's awesome. Yeah. Your mom says she would like five minutes for rebuttal. No, no, I'm just Cook. Okay. Sean? Um, my mom likes it when I don't chew up, when I don't eat a lot of candy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's her favorite thing to do is to keep you from eating too much candy. Okay. All right. Then you'll get very sick. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. That's your mom's favorite thing to do. Get some sleep. Amen. Moms, amen? Amen. All right. Real quick. Uh, what is your favorite food that your mom makes for you? Just real quick. You can all just shout it out. What's your favorite food? Go ahead. You can just say it out loud. Chicken lo mein. Spaghetti. Okay, we're all into chicken up here, clearly. <laughs> Cookies? All right, good, good. So, right, mom, usually, usually there's some favorite thing that mom makes for you that you really like, right? All right, um, I don't know, should we ask this one? Yes. Who's the better driver, your mom or your dad? None of them. <laughs> Say that again, yeah. darling. None of them. <laughs> All right, favorite, who's the best driver? Okay. Mom. Mom? Mom. Mom? Um, Dad, because he keeps me safe, and he drives me somewhere that he knows. Yeah, your mom doesn't do that at all, does she? Mom, because my dad recently got a speeding ticket. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. who's, who's Who's the better driver, your mom or your dad? My mom and dad sings me songs. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, do they do that while they're driving? My dad is the best driver because he's the best snow driver. Okay, best snow driver. Because we get so much of it here. All right, here we go. All right, I, I think I got one or two more. I know we got we to move on. But um, 
does your mom have a special name for your dad? Does your mom have a special name? Y'all both know, y'all probably both know this one. Brian T. Brian T. When, so when she says Brian T, that's, that's her favorite. What else? Anybody? Eva, what's your favorite? Honey. Honey. That's nice. That's nice. Yes, guys. What we got? Michael. 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 My favorite name, that, or the, yeah, a special name for your dad. Breakfast dad. <laughs> breakfast dad. Why is he called that? Because he, he cooks your breakfast. That's yeah, nice. Okay. Favorite name your mom has for your dad? My mom is dead, so they eat stuff. Can Okay. All right. Tre- uh, um, dad. Wait, I can't read it. Okay. All right. All right. What do we got? Uh, and then one more. I think it's the last one. What's your mommy's favorite place to go? Mommy's favorite place to go. Just, just out of curiosity. All right. Okay. Do you have a favorite, favorite place? Downtown Durham. Downtown Durham. Probably Massage Envy. Massage Envy. That's a great place for mommies, isn't it? Favorite place to go? Your mom's favorite place to go? Who wants to say it? Beach. Beach? Home. Home? Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Mom's favorite place to go? Let me get you back here, buddy. Where's your mom's favorite place to go? My dad eats chips. Your dad eats chips? That's, that's cool. Go with it, dad. Mom's favorite place to go. Any more? All right. Emery, you got dad's favorite place, mom's favorite place to go? Go out to eat. Go out to eat. All right. Hey, listen. One th- oh, Sean, sorry. At the beach. At the beach. Okay. Hey, give you guys, give yourselves a hand. Thanks for all the participation. Thanks for helping. You guys can go sit down. Right. You want to say something? What did you say, buddy? Yeah. Oop, sorry, Ellie. You okay, darling? Hit you right in the head. All right. Thanks, guy. Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. It's your mom's favorite place to go. All right, good. Thanks for your help with that. Thanks, moms, for all you do. Hey, now, this, is, this message is, is probably particularly aimed at children, kids, teenagers, so I really want you all to pay attention, but hopefully there's application for all of us in our lives from what we're going to look at today. If you have a copy of God's Word with you, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3 in a text that's pretty obvious, it's, it's uh, application, but, uh, but we're going to add a few things here this morning, walk through a little bit. Thanks, y'all. Y'all ready? Children, obey your parents. Well, I'm asking. All the parents are going, shh, shh. But I'm, I'm asking them, children, children. <laughs> obey your parents in the Lord, for this is Right. Anybody read that again? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Did any parent say amen to that? (laughs) Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Wow. Hey, let's pray together. God, thank you. For our moms, again, we're just grateful for them. And thank you for our children who uh, you've entrusted to us. It's not an easy task, Lord God. But as we look at your word today, 
uh, both children and adults, I pray that you'd make us mindful and make application for our lives and what it is that you call us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, all right, let's, let's, uh, let, me, let me bring something, just one, start with one, this idea right here. God's expectation for children, very simply, their obedience. God's expectation for children, their obedience. Now, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter, he starts out in chapter 5, he, and he wrote to the church at Ephesus, and he starts out in chapter 5, beginning to talk about the family, and he starts in chapter 5 by talking about the marriage, uh, the, the wife and the husband, and he starts there because that is the very foundation of the home. I mean, it, it, it really begins with the relationship uh, between uh, a husband and a wife, and then he moves from, cha- from chapter 5, he moves into chapter 6, where he begins to talk about children and parents and what their roles are in this, okay? Here's what the Apostle Paul knows, kids. The Apostle Paul knows that the family, you, your mom, your mom and your dad, that the family is ground zero for the attacks of the enemy. They really are. Paul understood then, and it's still true today, that Satan understands that if he can if he can cause havoc in the family, if he can in some way uh, mistreat or abuse the family unit, then he, can, then he can break up the whole thing, the whole culture and the nation and all this stuff, that it all begins with the family. Satan knows that's exactly true, that, that, that it starts with that. That being a, that, That's why, I'm just going to be honest with you, that's why in these last days before Jesus returns, and I do believe we are in the last days before Jesus returns, I really do, that's why in these last days before Jesus returns, you are seeing this all-out war on the family. On, on Satan and his cohorts basically redefining family to mean whatever they would choose for it to mean rather than the historical definition of family that God has intended it for it to be and that has historically always been known to be. And make no mistake about it. Listen to me. Make no mistake about it, kids. The end goal for the devil, the end goal for Satan is nothing less than a culture of complete uh, immoral uh, just a lapse in all moral judgment or consciousness or, or, uh, or rules or regulations that a culture would be completely removed from that so that, as, as it says in the book of Judges, to, to create a culture where every man did what was right in his own eyes. That he chose, she chose to do life the way they wanted to or he thought this or she, well, I don't care or I want this or, or I want that. God's call is for something different. We are called to obedience. Uh, essentially, you could, you could think of the definition as, as simply to place yourself under, to voluntarily place yourself under the authority of another. I know obedience doesn't sound good in our current culture, but it basically means to voluntarily, from God's perspective, voluntarily place yourself under the authority of another. Now, in, in, in this instance, for us, for for men, women, for boys and girls, that begins here. It means it begins with this idea of obedience to Him, right? To Him. It always starts first with who? With God. With obedience to God. That's the first call. That's that we're all called to. Boys and girls, teenagers. That is the one thing that you, ha- at least one thing that you have in common with your parents, with your pastor, and with everybody in this room. All of us are called to obedience to God, 
to do what He desires for our life, to choose to voluntarily place ourselves under His leadership. That's the calling of our lives, to be obedient to God. Now, some, some uh, areas of obedience are going to be general, right? Kids, some things are going to be the same for all of us, right? Like God's call for to live a life that's proper or, or moral, uh, God's call for us to guard our mouths and watch what comes out of our mouths. God's call for us to speak truth, to tell the truth, to love people sacrificially, to uh, contribute to the, to the body of Christ. Those are, those are general calls of obedience that all of us have, right? Right? By the way, I, I say this all the time to people, I remind people of this all the time, but please understand, God's commandments... God's call to obedience are always based on what is for our good. In other words, God, God didn't just sit around one day and think of, of what do's and don'ts he can come up with to, to ruin everybody's party or something like that. God's call to obedience is always for our good, for the good of a, of a nation, of a culture, for the good of a family, for the good of the individual. That's always why it is. Now, some calls of obedience are more specific, right? Right, guys? Some calls are more specific. Uh, husbands, fathers, and or fathers, they, they have, there's some specific callings that God has for them that are distinct for them. Moms and or wives, there, there's, there's distinctive callings that apply just specifically to them. And for you children, you ready? For you children, that specific calling at this time in your life Your calling of obedience to God, obedience to Him, is obedience to them, to your parents. Children, boys, girls, teenagers, you are called to voluntarily place yourself under the headship of your parents. That's a calling on your life. Got quiet. (laughs) That is a calling on your life, to place yourselves under the headship, the leadership, uh, of, of both your mom and your dad as God understands it to be. But, watch this. Notice that when we read the text a minute ago, and we'll look at it here again in a minute, but notice that little phrase, in the Lord. Do you notice that little phrase there? In the Lord. Some of you mom and dads may not like this, but children, you do not have to obey your parents if they ask you to do something that is contrary to God's word. Or God's will. I, I, I don't want to put a damper on it and this occasion, all this stuff. You, you, you can imagine for yourself. But, but if, if a parent were to ask a child to do something that God would not want that child to participate in or be involved in or, or have to endure or go through, uh, there's no expectation from God that that child should, should submit themselves to their parents, to obey their parents. Obey your parents. Watch this. What does it say? In the Lord. In the Lord. That's what you need to understand. Look at this passage of Scripture in uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, I think it is. But mark this. Now look at this, kids. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Wow, 
boys and girls. That is quite a list, isn't it? That's quite a list of, of, of just sinfulness. And, and listen, can I just say that? Say this? Uh, adults, you know it's true. We're there, folks. This is the world in, in which we live. At least this culture. That is the world in which we live. But boys and girls, did you notice in the midst of all that listing of sin and all that kind of stuff? Did you notice what he included in there? Disobedience to parents. Whoa. Let me tell you what that says to us. That says to us that this is a big deal to God. Kids, boys, girls, teenagers, it's a big deal to God that you voluntarily place yourselves under the authority of your parents. It's a big deal. And assuming that your parents, because remember, Paul's writing, he's, 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 he's writing the ideal. He's writing to the church. So he's assuming parents are not going to ask their children to do something that is contrary to God's word. And so he's, he's writing the expectation that in the Lord, they will place themselves under his authority. Now, here's what happens. Y'all ready? Here's what happens when you place yourself under the authority of him and them. Here's a few things that will happen. First, you are honoring God. Teenagers. You're honoring God. Why? Because who is it that has asked you to obey your parents? It's God. God is the one who has asked you to obey your parents. So when you are obedient to your parents, when you place yourselves under their authority, you are placing yourself under God's authority. You are honoring God in that moment. And here's, I want to share with you a principle, and I'll, I'll say more about this later, but here's a principle that if, if you hear one thing today, if you could get one, your mind around one thought today, it would be this. If you will honor God with your life, God will honor you. That absolutely is a principle of life. If you honor God... God will honor you. And you'll experience in your life things that you can't even believe. And like I said, I'll have more to say about that in a minute. But when you submit to your parents, when you place yourselves under the authority, when you're obedient to them, you are honoring God. Second, here's what else you're doing. You are handing the enemy a defeat. Did you know that? The enemy, Satan, the devil, this real entity. Jesus said in the first part of John 10, 10, he said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Boys and girls, can you read that with me out loud? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Now, in the context of that verse, the thief is Satan, the devil. And Jesus says he has come for no other purpose than to than to destroy your life, to kill your family relationship, to to steal your 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 childhood. To kill your future. That is his intention. Boys and girls, teenagers, that is his intention. And nothing less than that. He wants to destroy the life that God wants you to have. You do understand that. Your relationship both with God, with your family, the, the future that he could have for you. And when you are obedient to your parents and you do what they say, you are actually defeating the enemy. Because he doesn't want you to. So when you do, you're, you're winning a victory. Right? Right? Come on, I've got to get y'all going. I, mean, I meant to do this earlier, but we'll do it now. Because this is, now, just as we sang about today, the, the, in a sense, the war is over. Jesus has, has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Victory is ours. But in our flesh, in our humanity, in this world, we are still in a battle. This is still a war. And I'm sure it's not uh, politically correct, but we used, to, we used to learn this song when we were kids, and we used to teach our kids. Do y'all remember that, that song, I'm in the Lord's Army? Tell me, all remember, the, the kids, the, the Coral, do, do we still, do we, the kids still taught that? I'm a, how many of you kids know I'm in the Lord's army? I'm in Lord's, I don't know why I'm saying army. I'm in the Lord's army. How many of y'all know, how many kids know that song? Any, anybody want to come up here and do the gestures with me? 
Come on, Jude, thank you, Jude. There's a brave man. There's a brave man. Right? Anybody else? Anybody else want to come and do the gestures with me? You do? Ellie? All right, come on. Come on. Come on up here. Does she know the gestures? Okay. You watch it at Nana's? Awesome. Sean, come on up here. Awesome. Awesome. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? Right, you know, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Everybody salute. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Good job, guys. Thank y'all. Thanks so much. Right? It is, folks. I, I mean, I... I know it's a cute little song and stuff, but, but this, there, this is a battle for the very souls and, and the lives and the future of your children. That's what's at, at stake here. Kids, that's exactly what's at stake here in this moment. You're handing the enemy a defeat when you submit to your parents' authority in your life. And then third, let me just say this, you're helping everybody. You're helping everybody when you are obedient to your parents. Let me let you all in on a little secret. Uh, teenagers particularly, pay attention to me on this part. Let me let you know a secret. Your parents love you. And they absolutely want the best for your life. Your parents do not lie in bed at night dreaming of ways that they can make your life miserable. They really don't. They may lie in bed at night. Can I tell you this? Listen to me. They may lie in bed at night unable to sleep. Not because they're dreaming of ways to ruin your life, but because they're thinking about you, because they're praying for you, because sometimes they're crying for you. Let me, let, me just, let me just let you in on a little something, all right? Just, 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 just counsel. Your parents have lived a little longer than you have. They've experienced a little more life. They've made a few more mistakes. And they do not want that for you. They absolutely want the best for your life. Hey, did, yeah, I don't know. Maybe did you, ever, did you ever feel like your house is like a war zone? I mean, like, is that just, you know what I'm saying? Do you ever feel like your house is, is nothing but more than, than screaming and shouting and slamming doors? Now, maybe not some of you. Maybe some of you have fantastic home environments and everything for you is scented candles and Kenny G music. But for a lot of people, can I just tell you this? For a lot of people, look at me. For a lot of people, home sweet home feels like home bleep home. Do you understand what I'm saying to you sometimes? Hey, Teenagers, kids, children, do everybody a favor and just do what your parents ask. You'd be amazed how much stressless your life will be. You'll be amazed how much calmer your home environment is if you'll just place yourself under their authority and do what they ask you to do. It'll help everybody. So, God's expectation for a Children is nothing less than, than obedience to him and to them, to your parents. All right, now, real quickly, let's look at this. Let's look at God's motivation for his children, his blessing. 
Now, y'all going gonna to hang with me on this, okay? Y'all ready? Verse 2 and 3. Let's look at it again. We read it a minute ago. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Paul uses the term in here, honor your father and mother. In, uh, in verse 1, he said, obey your mother and father. Obviously, there's a connection between obedience and honor. There's a link between obedience and honor. Honestly, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. To obey your parents is to honor your parents. Today is Mother's Day. It's about honoring mothers. And I'm telling you right here now, boys and girls, the greatest way you will ever honor your mother or your father is to place yourself under their authority and do what they ask you to do with your life. That's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It's the greatest way you'll ever honor them is in that way. And Paul says that if you'll do that, this, this obey verse 1, if you'll honor them verse 2, he says, because he says here's, here's the motivation, because this is the first commandment with a promise. He's referring, boys and girls, to the Ten Commandments found in Exodus chapter 20. Obeying your mother and your father is the fifth, it's number five, on the list of Ten Commandments. But it is actually the first commandment dealing with the relationship between human beings. So the very first thing when God begins to to give commands about the interaction between human beings, the very first one he gives is for children to be obedient to his parents. You know what that's saying to us? Again, you know what that's saying? This is a big deal to God. This is a big deal to God. God wants you children to place yourself under your parents' authority, to be obedient to them. Why? What's the motivation? Verse 3 again, look at it, it's up on the screen. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. All right, I, I, I don't want to get bogged down in this, but there's no way to not deal with this text. Let me say first, this is not a, a carte blanche guarantee that an obedient child will never have any problems in their life and they'll all live to be 105. That is not what the text is saying. A child that, that dies tragically young of, of some disease or, or some tragic accident does not necessarily mean that they were disobedient or rebellious to their parents. Okay? There are two practical reasons that in Exodus 20 is where the promise is given. And then Paul, Paul repeats it. There are two practical reasons for this promise. You ready? The first practical reason for the promise is that because according to Levitical law, and this is the parents, adults, this is going to sound strange to your modern ears, but according to Levitical law, a child that was rebellious, uh, dishonoring to their parents was to be put to death. Whoa. Jesus himself, in Matthew 15, Jesus quotes uh, Exodus, I think, chapter 17 and Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9, when he says this. He says, For God said, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Whoa. Now, listen to me. If you're sitting there thinking, Man, that, that seems harsh. Let me say, first off, this applied to the nation of Israel. It applied for a specific period of time, okay? Let me also say that it tells us something about God. And one of the things that it tells us is that God is much more concerned with the eternal than he is with the temporal. 
Listen to me. Don't walk out of here without hearing this. God knows that if children are, if they turn their back on their, on their parents, if they're rebellious to their parents, if they, if they rebel and, and they don't want to follow uh, their parents' way, they are actually rebelling against who? Against God. They're at, because God's the one to ask them to obey their parents. So if they rebel against their parents, they're actually rebelling against God. And if they rebel against God, that means they don't have a relationship with God. If they don't have a relationship with God, that means they'll spend eternity separated from God in a very real place called hell. It also means that not only will they rebel, it means that they will bring their children up to rebel and their children's children up to rebel. So actually, listen to me, God in His mercy put a law in place to stop rebellion before it ever started. That was the intent. It also means, it also means that there were a lot fewer rebellious children in those days because of that law. Because listen, remember, what, what is the purpose of the nation of Israel? God is raising up a nation who is to be a light to the Gentiles. He's raising up a nation that is going to carry the message of God and going to bring the, for, the, 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 the Messiah from God, going to bring him into the world. And if the nation of Israel turns their back on God, if they rebel, if they, if they go in another direction, then, then the world stays in its lostness and it can't be redeemed. God, again, in his mercy, is putting a law in place intended to stop the rebellion before it ever begins. Let me also say this real quickly. This law, okay, is not talking about some uh, moment of, of insanity where a child just in anger rebels or says something rebellious towards their parent or dishonoring toward their parent. This is not talking about some, some split second of, of teenage hormonal insanity when they, when they do something that is dishonoring to their parents. What this is talking about is the willful, purposeful uh, decision to, to go another way, to not obey my parents, to not follow my parents and, or my, my parents' God, to do my own thing and go my own way. That's what this law was intended to stop. For the good of those children. You understand? For the good of those children. Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse uh, twenty. Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. And God's intention for this law, it's practical. So, so the, the, the first practical application is simply this. Hey, there's a law against disobeying your parents. So, so it just practically speaking, you're, gonna, you're literally going to live longer and have a better life because you won't be breaking the law of God. So it's just a very practical application. And... I really believe the intention is to say also, if you obey your parents, again, getting back to this idea that your parents always want the best for you, right? They are going to naturally lead you towards things that are for your good and that are not for your bad. And so practically speaking, God's just saying, hey, you're just, you're just going you're gonna to live longer and have a healthier, happier life if you do what your parents want you to do because that's what they want for you. So that's the direction they're going to be leading you. That's where they're going to tell you, do this or don't do that or, or don't be involved in this or don't get tangled up in that mess. Or They're doing that and it, it naturally will produce a more productive and, and hopefully longer life. Make sense? You understand? It's just practical, he's saying. God wants you to be obedient to him and obedient to them, to your parents. Your parents are not perfect. And hopefully they are godly enough to admit it when they make a mistake. 
but they have your very best interests at heart. When they say, don't do it, listen, oh my, we don't have time, but if I, there's so many things I could tell you about my life and things, decisions I made that were rebellious towards my parents or, or in a direction opposite from my parents, that it absolutely is a miracle that I'm still alive and were it not for the grace of God, I would not be. And so God says, man, do what, they, do what they ask you to do because believe me, they have your best interests at heart. And when you do that, you're honoring God. And, if, and here it is. I said it once already. I'll say it again. If you honor God with your lives, boys, girls, teenagers, if you honor God with your life, I promise you, 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 don't, you don't even have, you, you can't even imagine what God wants to do in your life and the blessings he wants to give to you and the goals that he has for you that are greater than any goals you could ever have for yourself. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. We hope that all of us, not just children, were encouraged by today's message. When we obey God, we are placing ourselves in the position for His blessing on our lives. For children, that means obeying our parents. As Pastor Clay explained today, our parents want the best for us, so they guide us to things that will be helpful and productive in our lives. None of us are perfect, and we certainly don't get it right all the time, parents or children. But when we strive to fulfill our role in the family as God designed it, we can have a life filled with the promises of God. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. Pastor Clay is the author of the book, I Get It, discovering how to really live in the promises of God. My prayer is that God would use it to help some people understand a few things about what it really takes to live in the promises of God. God wants you to live a life of peace and purpose and meaning and hope and fulfillment and contentment. He wants you to live a life without fear and without anxiety. Many people at some point in their life feel disconnected with the type of life and faith they read about in the Bible and what their lives look like on a daily basis. What is it that we're missing? What is it that we're not getting. If I'm not really living in the promises of God, why is that? That's what this book explores. I Get It is available online in electronic versions for the Nook and Kindle, as well as paperback from Amazon.com. And ask for it by name at your favorite local bookstore. You can go in bookstores and just say, hey, uh, have you got a book in here uh, entitled I Get It from Clay Stevens? They can order this book out of their catalogs that they get. Get your copy today. Discover the promises of God and the steps you need to take to get it. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Our desire is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where they will find what they're searching for. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. I want to lead you to the cross. Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.